Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I hope your Friday is going spectacularly well wherever you may find yourself. Thank you for spending it with us here. We've got much to get to to give you an idea of what the roadmap for the day looks like. We've got, uh, obviously... A lot to talk about as we get ready for the NFL wildcard weekend, as well as Georgia-Alabama on Monday. Five really big college football and NFL games that will take place uh, in the next uh, little bit here. We've got much discussion to get to surrounding those wildcard games. Which ones do you think are the best? Is there any potential chance for an upset in four games with pretty decent-sized spreads. The Titans going to the Chiefs on Saturday in the first early game. The Falcons to the Rams, the Bills to the Jags, and the Panthers to the Saints. All four of those games taking place on Saturday and Sunday. Many of you will be sitting back watching all four of them. I will be one of those people uh, alongside of you guys who will be watching all four of those games to see what exactly transpires as we get ready for Divisional Weekend. Uh, Late last night... We got a little bit of added drama. There has been much discussion about what exactly has gone on with Jimmy Garoppolo. Why did the Patriots suddenly give him up for just a second-round draft pick? And uh, ESPN has got a major feature from Seth Wickersham uh, inside of the Patriots dynasty. And it appears, based on early reading, that... Bill Belichick may have talked off the record or without being quoted on a lot of these details about the behind-the-scenes machinations that led to Jimmy Garoppolo being traded to the San Francisco 49ers and that there is a degree of internal dynamics and drama between Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and Robert Kraft 
over the way that the future of the Patriots franchise will be contemplated and considered, particularly as Tom Brady begins what I think is fair to say is the twilight of his career. How many more really good years does Brady have left as the quarterback of the Patriots? One of the things that has made Bill Belichick so incredibly successful with the Patriots is, by and large, he hasn't been that loyal to old players. And he's been willing to make decisions to replace guys that many believed were irreplaceable. And it appears over the course of the last year or so that Belichick has been more ready to contemplate the end of the Brady era than maybe Brady and the owner of the Patriots, Robert Kraft, have been. Brady's still convinced that he's going to play to 45 years old. The Patriots are obviously very good. They're the number one overall seed. But there's been some cracks in the foundation of that total uh, unity between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And reports are in this story that, and I'm going to have Jason Martin make sure that he's read every detail in this story because it just came down late last night. And uh, I've just started to skim this story. But reports in general appear to be that Brady was threatened by the rise of Jimmy Garoppolo and was afraid that he might get one day benched by Belichick for Garoppolo. And so he effectively insisted to Robert Kraft, went behind Belichick's back and said, I want this guy traded. And man, that is a, uh, that's a big story. I mean, it's something we basically have hinted at for a while. Why would the Patriots in the middle of the season make the decision to give away Jimmy Garoppolo effectively for a second round pick? And as good as Garoppolo looked down the stretch, I think there were probably a lot of Patriots fans out there, and certainly there were a ton of NFL fans, who said, man, this doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense that Bill Belichick, who has basically made his career wheeling and dealing players and getting really good returns for them, would suddenly decide to let go a guy who potentially is a top 10 quarterback. I I know we've only seen five or six games of of Garoppolo with the 49ers. But if you're sitting around right now listening to me and you are a San Francisco 49er fan, you are ecstatic. I said this on Christmas Day. I said, no matter what presents you get if you're a San Francisco 49er fan, you have to be thrilled beyond belief because you got a steal when it came to Jimmy Garoppolo. So if that's the case, and I think that's certainly the case when the vast majority of you Uh, including me, sit down and contemplate about this. There's no way that a second-round pick was in any way a fair approximation of what Jimmy Garoppolo's value would have been on the open market. If I told you right now, we talked a lot about the decision by Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold to go pro and what the potential Cleveland Brown move will be, uh, whether they'll take Rosen, whether they'll take – whether they'll take – Sam Darnold, whether they'll take maybe Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen. If I told you right now as a Browns fan, you could have any of those four guys or you could have Jimmy Garoppolo. Is there anybody out there who's a Browns fan that's reasonable that wouldn't take Garoppolo over the other four guys? And so if you're saying that you'd rather have Garoppolo than the guy potentially you could take with the overall number one pick 
and you got him for a second-round pick? I mean, John Lynch committed highway robbery here. And as a result, there had to be some internal dynamics, notwithstanding just guys from a general uh, relationship basis here. What if Brady gets hurt? There hasn't been a lot of talk about this, but Brady's over 40 years old. What if he gets hurt early in the first uh, first round game, uh, divisional round game? What if he gets dinged up and he can't come back in? The Patriots season may well be over because they don't have a good backup. They had an elite level backup that could have basically guaranteed that even if Brady got hurt, the Patriots were still in the mix to try and go out and win a championship. And then because of this internal squabble, they make the decision to let him go for virtually nothing. It's just a mess. It's 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 a real mess in New England. And as I'm reading this article and trying to read the tea leaves and figure out why did Bill Belichick want this story to go public, is it possible? And this is a, maybe a, a ridiculous question. Some of you may think it's insane. But is it possible that this offseason, things have gotten so broken between Belichick, Kraft, and Brady that Belichick might want out of New England and force Kraft to make a decision about what the future of the franchise might look like, this article is going to land like a bombshell, like a grenade inside of the Patriots universe. And if that, in fact, is taking place, maybe Belichick wants to prove, you know what, the reason why this dynasty exists is not because of Tom Brady. It's because of me. And if I go somewhere else, I can win at a high level like I've won here with the Patriots. I'm the difference maker here. And Brady, meanwhile, is feeling threatened because he gets that sense that Belichick wants to prove that he's the architect of the Patriots dynasty, that it's not about Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time, that it's about Belichick being the greatest coach of all time. And by the way, both things could be true. But when it comes to ego, sometimes needing to feel like you're the best or that everybody is acquiescing to your genius is a conflict that it's impossible to avoid. So if you've got a almost love triangle here involving the owner of the Patriots, Robert Kraft, and Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick, and Belichick and Brady both want Kraft to come down on their side, and you've got an ongoing crisis that certainly involves the Patriots trainer uh, that, that Brady brought in, his personal like lifestyle guru that Belichick has banned from a variety of different uh, team-related functions. It seems like we may have a power struggle going on here between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Now, maybe this is something that's totally exaggerated. Maybe this drama like many things, is not as significant as ESPN would play it. But if we've got a battle for the future of the Patriots franchise between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, that is a tremendously sexy story. And it's also a tremendously dangerous story for the Patriots as we enter into the postseason. Is it possible that one reason the Patriots have looked a little bit wobbly this year is because the usual total unity that seems to exist from the top with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick on down is not actually 
as tight as it has been in years past. And if that's true, maybe that's a crack that opens the door to some major issues uh, arising for the Patriots en route to what would be a sixth Super Bowl for both Brady and Belichick and the owner of the Patriots, Robert Kraft. We're going to unpack this. I'm going to dive into these wild card matchups and ask the question, which is the best of the wild card matchups? We'll talk Georgia, Alabama. In hour two, we've got our guy Alex Marvez. He usually joins us on Tuesday. He's going to be with us in hour two. And then we'll actually go to Boston and talk about this internal drama with Casey Smith, who covers the Patriots and works uh, in the city of Boston. And she'll join us in the final hour of the show on Friday. So that is the roadmap. Uh, We will bring in the crew and discuss all of these details on the flip side here. Do we buy into the mess, potentially, that's being written about here between Brady and Belichick? Is this potentially a disagreement that could lead to a more severe breakdown of the Patriots and uh, and the dynasty that they have built there? Robert Kraft, the owner, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick. Lots of drama, according to this story, that broke late last night inside the internal dynamics of the New England Patriots. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket, it just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Let's bring in the crew. I am working my way through this uh, story that broke late last night about the tension in the Patriots locker room. Um, And to me, anytime stories like these come out, I always uh, try to go back and say, okay, who are the author's sources? What is the intent of the piece? Who benefits by the piece being written as it was? All of these things, I think, are important uh, when it comes to trying to assess stories and not just taking everything at face value. And I think on its most basic level, this story is about a larger story that I don't think really kind of shocks anybody out there, that there might be a power struggle in the Patriots organization over how Tom Brady's career should come to a close. To me, the thing about Belichick that has always been paramount is that his loyalty is to wins and losses, not players. And so if he believes you make it more likely that he's going to win, he's going to have your back. But as soon as it starts to become apparent that you may not have the key to extending his reign as a dominant coach, then he's not going to be loyal to you. And Tom Brady has had an unprecedented level of success over his career, but it appears that as Brady's football mortality is coming to a coming to it has to grapple with his football mortality. In other words, the idea that at some point in time he is going to have to stop playing, that there's now a tension between Brady and Belichick over what the end of Tom Brady's career should look like. And that's not a surprise, but it is a surprise that it would go public to this degree at this point in time as the Patriots are in the process of trying to win a sixth Super Bowl title. And is that tension internal between 
Brady and Belichick enough to knock the Patriots off their game. I think the other kind of interesting aspect of this story is it kind of gives you an idea why Jimmy Garoppolo was traded because Brady, if you read this story, basically used his power inside the organization to eliminate somebody who might otherwise be a contender to take over his job. And in that power struggle between Brady and Belichick, what looms is an ultimate question, what is the end game for Tom Brady? Effectively, is he like Kobe Bryant, where when he decides to retire, the Lakers basically say for a year when Kobe Bryant retires in the last several years of Kobe Bryant's career, we understand that signing Kobe Bryant for the amount of money we're signing him for pretty much guarantees that we're not going to be able to win a championship and or even contend, really, for a championship. But Kobe Bryant has meant so much to this organization that we are going to give him a goodbye that's befitting of his legacy as one of the greatest basketball players of all time and certainly maybe as the greatest Laker of all time if you consider how beloved he is. Not the greatest in terms of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, in terms of maybe his overall stats, but I think it's fair to say that right now Kobe Bryant is the most beloved Laker of all time. And so the Lakers made the decision, we're going to let Kobe Bryant retire on his terms, not the terms that might be best for the overall organization. And I think one reason that can happen is because there's no coach who's very powerful at the time in the Lakers organization. And the Lakers' talent that surrounds Kobe Bryant at the time is not very good. Well, how do you reconcile that with the Patriots where I guarantee you Bill Belichick is not going to say, well, I'm going to play Tom Brady after his, uh, after his career isn't, uh, it, it, after his play no longer justifies it. Because what Brady has made a, uh, what Belichick has been able to do with Brady is treat him effectively the same as everybody else. That is, if Brady's not performing, then it's fine to rip him in film study. It's fine to tell him that he needs to get better. And the message that's sent is, man, if Bill Belichick's not taking it easy on Tom Brady, how in the world do I expect him to take it easy on me? And so, as a result, if you start to think about what the future of the Patriots franchise is going to look like, If Belichick has to treat Tom Brady entirely differently because he's a superstar quarterback, that starts to undermine his ability to coach the rest of the football team. And it sounds like there was a part of Belichick that was ready to pass the baton to Jimmy Garoppolo next year. That he believed, basically, that Garoppolo was on an upward trajectory and that Tom Brady was on a downward trajectory. And Tom Brady got that understanding through to himself and he said oh no I've got multiple years left here as the Patriots quarterback you know what I need to do I need to protect the future of my ability to finish my career here as a legendary Patriots quarterback and he made the decision to get Jimmy Garoppolo traded now I don't know about you guys but with this thing going public at this point in time I'm thinking this is Belichick mostly talking. And that makes me wonder, is Belichick trying to set up an ultimatum here where Robert Kraft has to make a decision, the owner of the Patriots, am I going to be loyal to Bill Belichick, the greatest NFL coach of the modern era, and maybe 
the greatest NFL coach of all time? Or am I going to be loyal to Tom Brady, who is probably the greatest NFL quarterback of all time? And if I can't manage to balance these two men, how in the world do I reconcile if this thing is truly coming to a head between Brady and Belichick? Do I have to pick one guy or the other in order to have this franchise work in an effective manner? That's a pretty blockbuster story and a pretty blockbuster difficult decision to make. And what it also represents is the exact opposite of everything that the Patriots have come to stand for over the years, which is pretty much an absolute absence of ego. Uh, a, A total repudiation of any individual quest for glory in exchange for the betterment of the overall team. And if Brady at the end of his career is feeling threatened because he suddenly realizes, you know what, Belichick sees me as expendable and believes this dynasty is going to extend beyond me, and then he goes to Robert Kraft to get Jimmy Garoppolo traded to ensure that he has another two, three, maybe four years. He's saying he wants to play into his mid-40s as the architect of the Patriots quarterback uh, situation. Then that becomes a major conflict because suddenly Bill Belichick's authority has been questioned by the most famous player in that locker room. And if other players start to look around and recognize that Brady isn't all in with Belichick anymore, does that mean that other players might question whether they should be all in with Belichick anymore? It's effectively Brady ascending to the level of almost a de facto GM when he can go to Robert Kraft and say that he wants Jimmy Garoppolo traded to ensure that in this battle for control of the Patriots franchise that he may well be in with Bill Belichick, that at least, at a minimum, Belichick has no other options. He's not going to put in, I think it's uh, whoever the, the, the dude uh, that they got his back. I can't even remember who the backup is right now. Uh, that, that's, how, that's how much Brady has taken control of the situation. Let's bring in uh, Eddie Garcia, get an uh, update on the what's trending in the world of sports, and then we'll go to the crew and see what uh, everybody else's read is on this uh, Brady-Belichick story, which uh, which broke late last night. Shake it, Eddie. All right, Clay. Well, we just had two games in the NBA, but one of them was a battle of the top two teams in the Western Conference. Warriors going to Houston, beat the Rockets 124-114. to Of course, James Harden did not play in this one for Houston, their best player. But Kevin Durant also didn't play for Golden State. They were led by Steph Curry, who had 29 points. Clay Thompson, 28 points. Raymond Green, a triple-double. Golden State now league best 31-8 and on the year. Thunder beat the Clippers in L.A. in the other game on the night, 127-117 the final. Russell Westbrook, a triple-double for OKC, 29 points, 12 rebounds. 11 assists in the NFL. Tennessee Titans running back DeMarco Murray not going to play in Saturday's AFC wildcard game against the Chiefs due to a knee sprain. Bills running back with Sean McCoy did not participate in practice on Thursday due to an ankle injury. He believes he'll be able to go, though, in their AFC wildcard game Sunday against the Jaguars. This report brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And the news from the NFL where television ratings fell 9.7% during the 2017 regular season. According to Nielsen, a typical game was watched by 1.6 million fewer people this season compared to last season. That's a big hit. Uh, that's a story that we'll probably get into uh, next week because there's so much to get into with this Brady-Belichick drama and also with the NFL wildcard games. But NFL ratings dropping nearly 10% is a, uh, is a big hit. 
Uh, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning. Pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Brian Hoyer, the backup now for the Patriots. They brought him over from the 49ers after that uh, uh, trade with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo going to the 49ers. Let's bring in the crew uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. Quick hit here, and then we'll break it down further. How big is this story, Jason Martin? It's got to be at least an eight. <laughs> I just finished it about two minutes ago. Um, and I know, like I said, we're going to talk about it more, but it's it's got to be an eight. I don't know that it affects their chances to win the Super Bowl, certainly, because they're all winners, and it's still a weak AFC. But it is amazing to me because the Patriots are usually so buttoned up that this would get out. So that indicates to me somebody wanted this to get out. I, I want to come back to that final statement you got, but I'll go out to L.A. Uh, to uh, Danny G. and Justin. What scale of 1 to 10, how big of a story is this? I'm going to give it a 7. A lot of leakage there from the Pats organization. Somebody there in the office talking, and, and the one po- part of the article that really stood out to me was where Wickersham breaks down two weeks before the November 1st uh, trading deadline and he explains how the Garoppolo trade came about. Because we would think it was the 49ers getting a hold of the Patriots, and it turns out it's actually Belichick getting a hold of the Niners. Yeah, that's interesting. Justin, what do you say, 1 to 10? How big of a story? I'm going to go with 7 also. I mean, you got to imagine that this isn't – it's nothing new, right? Because, you know – Garoppolo was traded a while ago, so this has been, you know, hanging around the organization for a while, yet they've still been winning games. And like Jason said, I'm interested as to to how it, it got out. It certainly seems like a, a I don't know, like, because somebody was saying, you know, maybe Belichick, somebody in Belichick's camp leaked it, but I can't see that happening because it almost seems like it's somebody trying to derail their championship chances, somebody trying to, you know, put a cog into the machine right now. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, okay, so if you're just waking up, uh, a major story that ESPN is going to spend all day uh, promoting for sure, which is uh, what happened to the otherwise perfect working order machine of the New England Patriots that uh, led to Jimmy Garoppolo being traded. And I think certainly the performance of Jimmy Garoppolo at the 49ers adds some legitimacy to the way this story broke down. Uh, but ultimately, when I read stories like this, and, and I'm only probably a third of the way or halfway through the story as a totality right now, um, when I read stories like these, what immediately jumps out to me is who are the sources? Who stands to benefit? Why would someone want this story to go public when, as here, there aren't direct quotes, right? This is all on background. This is all for people who, do, who always say, like, where are your sources? Um, well, this is where you have to trust the reporter. And, uh, and I say, when I, wrote, when I wrote about John Skipper, for instance, or ESPN, people who, uh, who question me when I don't quote people in stories which break news, they say, well, why come, how come there's no sources here? Well, the source is me, right? When you are a reporter, you're basically saying, trust me on the people that I'm talking to. This is sensitive enough that I'm not going to be able to say. And then Jim Smith told me, like, because if you're quoted in an article like this, then it's hard for you to continue doing the job that you're doing. 
And so when I write a story and it doesn't have, like this story that just went up at ESPN, when I write a story and it doesn't have direct quotes and direct attribution for every single aspect of the story, that's a sign that I've talked to a lot of people and I'm confident about what I'm writing, but also a sign that if I directly quote the people that I'm talking about, that their jobs would almost be impossible for them to continue to do. And so when I read this, this sounds like the opening volley from Bill Belichick to me in potentially a battle over whether or not he or Tom Brady is going to continue long run with the Patriots. Now, I say that, and then also I simultaneously think I can't contemplate anything more unpatriots than Bill Belichick, who famously hates the media, making a decision to increase the drama and attention on his team right as the playoffs start. If this story had come out after the Super Bowl, I'd be like, okay, I can totally see this now because the season's over and now it's about turning the page towards 2018 and trying to figure out what the Patriots franchise is going to look like in the year ahead. But this season's not over and the Patriots are a substantial favorite to win the Super Bowl and this story is now going to linger throughout their playoff run. And so the timing on this doesn't make sense in that respect for Bill Belichick in terms of this story dropping right now and kind of landing like a bombshell inside the Patriots' uh, locker room and also potentially in some way impacting their playoff run. So bringing back in Jason Martin, what do you think when you read this story aggressively? Who wants this story written? Why is it coming out now? Hmm. I I think that even if he didn't certainly actively help it get written, I think Belichick's going to read this with a smile privately. Like it works to his it, benefit. That's the point. Yeah, it works to his benefit, and it gets at a couple of issues that we have asked since that Jimmy Garoppolo trade, which is why, if you're looking long term. Would you trade a guy that looks top 10 in the league already? Why would you trade Aaron Rodgers? Why would you trade Steve Young? Why would you trade one of those guys when you have a guy north of 40 who is showing signs at least of inconsistency on the field? It didn't make sense. Unless Belichick was about to leave and just didn't care anymore. But you read into it and you see you know, the fact that Brady wasn't tutoring Jimmy G, that Jimmy G showed up at the TB12 to try and get help after an injury the door was locked and he couldn't believe it because tb12 had become a really issue really big issue the alex guerrero part of this story is really strange just the idea that some people in the organization see it as a cult and that it looks like tom brady has a hard time saying no to his trainer and when when that story came out there were some people that didn't think it was a story i thought it was a story because it's just like why would you upset tom brady like why would of all people with the new england patriots why would you upset him and then you find out well belichick does not like alex guerrero a lot of the other patriots had issues because when there would be any kind of health concern any kind of injury it became a story as to where they were going to go train or where were they going to go yeah, rehab. But Guerrero go is to a, him? Yeah, Guerrero is a proxy for the battle between Belichick and Brady. Oh, no, to me, yeah, absolutely. This, it's ultimately a power struggle between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady over the trajectory of the Patriots franchise as Tom Brady enters into the twilight of his career. And the big question to me looming over everything is to what extent do the Patriots uh, have an obligation to allow Tom Brady 
to play out his NFL career as he sees fit as opposed to Bill Belichick and how he sees it fit. Because Belichick's big thing has been, I will kick anybody to the curb the minute I can find somebody who makes it more likely that we're going to win a game than the player that's in that position right now, right? That is Bill Belichick's ultimate loyalty. It is to wins and losses. He's not the guy who's going to sign Kobe Bryant to a multi-year extension and allow him to go on a, on a goodbye tour because he was good in years before. Even as good as Tom Brady has been in winning five Super Bowls, if Bill Belichick believes that there's somebody else who's better, and it may well have been Jimmy Garoppolo, then I think Brady was aware that his t- he was expendable. That every player is expendable. That's the lesson of the New England Patriots. Do your job. Every player is expendable. The moment we can find somebody who's better than you, we will replace you. And it seems like Brady wants to protect his ability to go out on his own terms. And even if his skills are beginning to decline, he doesn't want to have what you just talked about, that situation that the Packers faced where they said, you know what? Aaron Rodgers is ready. It's time to replace a legend in Brett Favre. He didn't want or doesn't want that situation that Joe Montana faced, where Joe Montana is the greatest San Francisco 49er quarterback of all time, but Steve Young is better than him, and it's time to figure out how his tenure comes to a close. Brady didn't want to be the guy who leaves the Patriots and wears another uniform to finish his career, and it sounds like he started to fear that that might end up happening. We'll come back in, continue to break this down, break down the NFL wildcard action as well in conjunction with the college football playoff coming up on Monday. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage, and this is Fox Sports Radio. Wouldn't you love a bigger tax refund? Tax Slayer was recently rated number one for maximum refund, so you have more cash to spend on whatever the heck you want. This tax season, go out and slay it. Max your refund at taxslayer.com. As well, car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We're talking about the fallout from this, uh, this story about Brady, Belichick, and Kraft, the trading of Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, front page ESPN. Uh, story online and I've finished the story now uh, which broke late last night and will be probably the number one story of the day Um, and one of the most uh, interesting aspects of this story to me is the degree to which it lets you inside of Bill Belichick I think it's certainly clear here that Belichick has cooperated in this story and there are a couple of facts that probably aren't going to get that much attention that are buried in here that I think are interesting one it says Belichick took a great deal of pride in Jimmy Garoppolo going 5-0. and um, And that one reason that he was interested in, t- in connecting with Kyle Shanahan to make the decision to trade Jimmy Garoppolo after he was ordered to do so by Robert Kraft was because uh, Shanahan's father had been supportive of him during the whole Deflategate and Spygate story uh, and that he thought that, that Garoppolo would do well in the 49ers system with Kyle Shanahan. How un un like does that sound? That he would be basically quoted in this story, although he's not directly quoted, as rooting for uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo to do well. This is a guy who you hear all the time is so focused on his own team almost maniacally that the idea that he would care at all how Jimmy Garoppolo does once he leaves the building 
is, I think, uh, I think an interesting window into where Bill Belichick is. Moreover, it also says something interesting. It says that that now Belichick and Roger Goodell have a good relationship, uh, which I think for anybody out there who followed the uh, Deflategate story and certainly the Spygate story years before would be a bit of a surprise. And I wonder on some level, again, whether maybe this is Belichick letting the Patriots know, I'm not going to come back. I, I, what if, how shocking would this be if Belichick just walked? At the end of this year, let's say the Patriots either do or do not win their sixth Super Bowl. What if Belichick just said, you know what, guys? It's been a great run, but I am finished. He looks at Tom Brady and doesn't believe that Brady is good enough to continue to win championships with after this year, that his age is catching up with him, that you know that there's some kind of secret Bill Belichick equation that he plugs in for Tom Brady, and he's like, Brady declined substantially this year. Maybe in his equation he did, even though Brady may win the NFL MVP, that he saw that Brady was not making the same throws that he used to make before. And indeed, in this story, it references at least one time when they made the decision that they believe Brady is checking down sometimes to shorter passes in order to try to avoid having to stand in the pocket and take another big hit. And that is a uh, that is an intriguing idea that might make some sense. In other words, I think this story wouldn't exist if Bill Belichick were not cooperating with the author. And I think this is ultimately Belichick's story trying to explain why Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer with the Patriots. And I think Belichick believed that he was going to move, just like at the Packers, that he was going to pull off a Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers trade and that the at the Patriots were going to be relevant for the next decade and that he was going to have set the franchise up in great space and great place and also that his long-term legacy would be burnished to prove, hey, you know what? Bill Belichick won not just with Tom Brady, but also with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then it becomes, man, Belichick is the greatest NFL coach of all time, which overshadows a little bit, maybe, Brady being the greatest NFL quarterback of all time. Maybe that's the angle. And then when when Robert Kraft, according to this story, said you have to trade um, you have to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, the article basically says that the Patriots, uh, that 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 Bill Belichick was like, screw this. I don't want to go draft a new quarterback and go find somebody and try to groom them and spend years developing them like I would have to do all over again when I had already found Jimmy Garoppolo and he was going to be the guy to take over after Tom Brady and you just made me trade him. That's pretty intriguing to me. And that's a hell of a story that Kraft basically told Belichick, get Jimmy Garoppolo out of here. Tom, this is Tom Brady's team. I'm not going to allow you to try to handle this transition. Brady gets to play effectively as long as he wants to. And if you're Bill Belichick and you feel like your player has got more control than you do, why would you allow that to continue if you don't have to? I read this story and think maybe Belichick is going to walk away. Is that insane to you, Jason Martin, having read this story? No, that's exactly how it's written. Uh, if anybody was going to leave from this triumvirate 
which all three of them, I guess, at, at times in this piece, it looks like they all want credit for this legacy, or they want to be most credited for this legacy. But Belichick is the one that is acting completely antithetical to everything that you've ever heard about Josh Belichick from the or, or from uh, Bill Belichick from the idea of being happy about Garoppolo and really trying to send him somewhere where he knew he was going to flourish to the idea that he's happy that he hears his owner saying maybe the trade was a mistake after I guess he believes Brady kind of helped strong arm him out of there. How about Even the, to fact the fact that, that he's, he's helping his assistants yeah. potentially get away? So it's like he is setting the stage. If there was any tea leaves to read here, it would be that Belichick is, I don't know, he's kind of hes kind of packing up his house right now. If you're letting Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels, I mean, he's let his assistants go, but he hasn't necessarily always prepared them for these interviews. It's like he's helping them find a way to get out of New England, and you don't usually pack up your couch, you know, pack up your recliner and pack up your bed if you're not planning on moving out of the house at some point in the near future. There's been a lot of stories before, in fact, about the way that Belichick has reacted to his assistants doing interviews about how unhappy he was that they even did it. And this is intriguing, too, because if Patricia, you know, the defensive coordinator, and if uh, McDaniels, obviously the offensive coordinator, both left and took jobs, the other thing is that Bill Belichick's doing is totally gutting everybody. So instead of allowing somebody who was a coordinator to just step in and become the next Patriots coach, if the entire high-level coaching staff is gone, if he walks out the building, it basically says, hey, Robert Kraft, you're such a genius. Hey, Tom Brady, you're such a great quarterback. Good luck going and finding a new guy to come in here and win at a high level. It's almost like he's saying, okay, I'm going to turn out the lights as I leave. We're going to try to win a Super Bowl, and then I walk. And then if the next guy comes in and Brady has truly declined, that suddenly the Patriots fall back to 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six without him and aren't the same dominant force in the AFC East, then the way that this story ends up getting written is, man, without Belichick, the Patriots couldn't get this done. Hour two, we'll talk to Alex Marvez. We'll pivot here now, start talking about the NFL wildcard games. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We spent much of hour one diving into the internal dynamics in the New England Patriot locker room in the wake of a story published late last night. I don't know what time did that story actually go up. Do you guys know? I was already in yeah. bed asleep. What time did it actually it, publish? It came down 10 p.m. West Coast here. So yeah, It was midnight so 1 here in Nashville. Yep. Yeah, 1 a.m. East Coast, midnight, central time zone. I was already in bed asleep. Now, there had been the uh, reports that it was going to be coming out, so uh, I anticipated that it would come out and expected that we might be talking about it early uh, this morning, as many of you uh, wake up across the country probably have not seen that story either as it didn't come out until about 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. on uh, on the West Coast. Uh, I, like a lot of you guys, was already in bed by the time this thing actually published. I finished the story uh, during uh, the early morning uh, before the show, and then I finished reading it during the commercial breaks on the show. Uh, one more detail that we didn't hit from this story that I do think is instructive is that both Brady and Garoppolo have the same agent. Um, and... People say, well, why does that matter? It means that if Bill Belichick really wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be the guy to take over for Tom Brady, he didn't have the opportunity to set that up because the agent would know. And uh, and that is really 
kind of interesting. I, I don't know how often that is. It's almost a clear conflict of interest for an agent to represent both the starter and the backup in a situation like this. If I were Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think I would want the same agent as Tom Brady. And if Tom, if I were Tom Brady, I don't think I would want my agent to have the same uh, the same relationship with my backup either. I, I think that's a little bit strange. Now, I say that, and I'm repped by CAA, uh, who reps like everybody in in, uh, in 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 my industry, right? Like Cowherd CAA, Gottlieb CAA, uh, you know, just about everybody who's on the radio uh, here on uh, on this network is repped by CAA, and they rep a lot of people across ESPN and uh, and FS1 and, and NBC and everything else. I mean, there are a bunch of these big kind of Hollywood talent agencies that represent a lot of different people in my industry as well. So does my agent sometimes know uh, things that are going on involving other people, uh, certainly that, uh, that are in the same industry as me? Yes. But that's a really kind of intriguing spot to be in where the same guy is representing both the starter and the backup. So if you are Bill Belichick and you're trying to go back channels to Jimmy Garoppolo when he was going to become a free agent and say, hey, we're willing to give you the, 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 the Patriot job then um, then it's hard to get that news to him because he's also obligated to be telling Tom Brady that at the same time. By the way, I also in here, we don't hear anything from Jimmy Garoppolo. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't want to take over for Tom Brady. You, you may think that's crazy out there listening to me, but I don't want to be the guy who steps into Tom Brady's shoes in New England if I can go somewhere else and be my own guy at a new franchise. If I like Kyle Shanahan and he's a young guy and I have a good relationship with him and I'm going to be a free agent, I want to go somewhere where I can build my own legacy and not have everybody saying, oh yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo's good, but he's just good because of Bill Belichick. Or he's just good because Tom Brady left this franchise in such good uh, shape. And can you imagine the mess that would exist in New England if the Patriots ever did make that decision to replace Tom Brady. I'm not sure they can do it, frankly. You know, as ugly as it was in Green Bay when they made the decision to replace Brett Favre and give Aaron Rodgers the job, think about how ugly it would have been if Aaron Rodgers hadn't stepped in and been immediately good. I don't know right now. We'll talk to Casey Smith about this in the final hour of the show. I don't know if given how popular Tom Brady is in New England right now, if you could just force him out. I, I don't know what that would be like for Jimmy Garoppolo. So the one person who is not a part of this story is Jimmy Garoppolo. And really, this is Bill Belichick's story. Bill Belichick was involved in this story. He talked to this writer. There's no way to read this and read it any other way. And so I'm curious what Belichick will say to the media because what's most fascinating about this story going public like this is it's almost like Belichick telling Patriot and NFL fans, this is my last ride. This I'm gonna the way I'm reading this right now is this is Bill Belichick telling people, giving people the justification for why he's gonna walk away from the New England Patriots franchise at the end of this year. And that would be, I think, a bombshell. Because you're gonna hear some people say, and I haven't even checked Twitter this morning yet. But uh, but when I check Twitter, because I've been reading and finishing this story, when I check Twitter, I guarantee I've got people saying, "Why are you spending any time on this story? This no, this is a no story." And th- that's what people you know can say. Look, this is not a big story. There's no bombshells in here. I disagree. 
I think this is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft internal dynamics from the perspective of Bill Belichick, which is setting the table for Bill Belichick to walk away at the end of the season. And if Bill Belichick is not walking away at the end of the season, what he's doing is letting people know, hey, guess what? I'm willing to walk away at the end of the season unless I get who knows exactly what he wants, X, Y, and Z. That, to me, is the biggest takeaway. You agree with me on that, Jason Martin? You've read the whole story now, too. And again, we're reacting to a big uh, story that went up at ESPN.com about the internal dynamics of the New England Patriots franchise. This thing went up online at 1 a.m., so about, uh, what, six hours ago. And so uh, many of you are hearing about it for the first time. But effectively, it is an internal uh, story about the situation in the New England Patriots from Bill Belichick's perspective, dealing with the trade of Jimmy Garoppolo, the the, the way that the trainer uh, is involved inside of the Patriots' uh, locker room, uh, Tom Brady's trainer, and also what the what's kind of the goal for this franchise as Tom Brady comes up on the end of his tenure as a Patriot quarterback. It sounds like... Bill Belichick was ready to turn the page, was ready to make this Jimmy Garoppolo's team. Brady became aware of it. Now, Brady has already come out early this morning and started to send messages through his uh, friendly media saying that he had absolutely nothing to do with the decision to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. But come on, does anybody actually believe that Tom Brady had nothing to do at all with the Jimmy Garoppolo decision? That's total crap. Uh, but is are you getting basically the same read that I am from this story, Jason Martin? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you made the other point, too, because I had actually written it down during the break as I was going back through the story, which was Jimmy Garoppolo turned down that four-year extension plan that Seven. was offered to him, around $17, $18 million, yep. it says, and that that money would have gone up if he succeeded Brady into becoming the starting quarterback. And I was thinking to myself, you never want to replace a legend. You want to replace the guy that replaced the legend that failed. And you imagine the quarterback legacy in San Francisco in particular. It's a good legacy, but it's not a good recent legacy. So Garoppolo could bring that team back to prominence. That was a team that we're old enough to remember when the 49ers were the it franchise. When they had Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. And then, of course, they had Steve Young and they had Jerry Rice and they had all of these guys. And then since that point, they've fallen on kind of shaky times they had a little bit of a resurgence with Jim Harbaugh and then outside of that it's an easy position if Jimmy Garoppolo comes in there and he's able to succeed he's not trying to replace God he's trying to replace quarterbacks that could not win in this league and he's already proven it but if you read the story through if there is a sympathetic figure to be found within this story it's Bill Belichick and when you realize that when you read it through and you can see okay Belichick you kind of feel on his side, there's much more empathy coming towards Bill Belichick than there is Tom Brady, then that would indicate to me that that's much closer to the source. The source is either real close to Bill Belichick or it's the hoodie himself. It's Bill Belichick. There's no way this story gets written unless he's talking. Uh, I I don't believe. I mean, the the way that this story is written, if I'm the editor, uh, and, and, and I'm familiar with how these stories get written, you have to know who the sources are, at least some of your editors do. I don't believe they allow him to write it the way they write it unless he's talking to Bill Belichick. I mean, I, I just I have no doubt this is Belichick. Now, uh, you know, we haven't talked a lot about this, but obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. Now, the Giants, I mean, sorry, the 49ers, I believe, have the right to uh, 
to sign him to two consecutive franchise uh, deals, you know, I mean, meaning they can franchise him like has happened with uh, Kirk Cousins with the Redskins. Uh, but, uh, man, you talk about a guy who's never been better on the open market right now. In theory, Garoppolo has got so much flexibility in terms of what he wants to do. But I think, to me, this is Bill Belichick coming out and letting it be known that right now his plan is to leave the Patriots at the end of the year. And the other interesting fact here is if Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels, the uh, the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, take jobs, and they're obviously starting to interview elsewhere, then what effectively Belichick is saying is, I'm cleaning the decks, somebody else come in here and see if you can accomplish what I've accomplished with the New England Patriots. And by the way, what would Bill Belichick be worth on the open market as a coach? I mean, we talk a lot about what uh, quarterbacks are worth, but if Belichick decided to retire, that's one thing. If he decided to sit out for a little while and then come back to coaching in an NFL era when they constantly recycle retreads who haven't accomplished anything, what would a five-time Super Bowl winning coach be worth? Maybe Belichick's looking around here and saying, man, if John Gruden's going to get $10 million, what would I be worth if I set out for a year and then just became a coaching free agent. Somebody can try and do the research on that to figure out the NFL coaching contracts are not as public. You know, you can leave at any point. He would still remain under contract to the Patriots, but he potentially could allow himself to be negotiated. You know, you can trade, unlike in college, where everybody is a perpetual college coaching free agent, and in theory, Auburn could sign Nick Saban tomorrow to take over as their coach. In the NFL, if you have years left on your coaching contract, then you aren't allowed to sign to be somebody else's coach. Even if you just decide you're going to retire, your contract doesn't stop operating. So maybe this is uh, this is Belichick's, you know, kind of I'm leaving swan song, and then he's kind of putting it out there that he's going to allow somebody to negotiate for him to come in and finish his career somewhere else. I I don't know that for sure. But that's the biggest uh, takeaway that I have from this story where I believe effectively Belichick is talking to uh, to this uh, author uh, the, of the article that went up, like I said, last night on ESPN.com at, uh, at 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. All right, we're going to talk to Alex Marvez. We'll talk to him about this. We'll talk about all of the upcoming NFL wildcard games. We will unpack that and more all next here on Outkick the Coverage. Hang with us. We're breaking down the wild cards next on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. It's a confident show. Outkick the Coverage. Appreciate you spending your morning with us here Friday uh, let's bring in my guy, Alex Marvez. He usually joins us on Tuesday, but he's with us now on Friday because we had the big interview with Hugh Freeze on, I believe it was, no, sorry, we had Tuesday. We had the reaction to the college football playoff. Uh, Alex, bombshell story about 1 a.m. Eastern goes up. I'm not even sure if you've read it yet on the internal <laughs> dynamics of the Patriots. Uh, have you had a chance to check it out yet? 
Oh, absolutely. And by the way, a story that was moved up due to leaks, as you know, the story making the rounds yesterday, someone came across an ESPN budget line. So, you know, got that out there into the mainstream media that this bombshell story was coming. So an initial 8 a.m. release today became 1 a.m. Eastern time last night. So in, in an intriguing story. And what's interesting, Clay, you know, and for, you know, I'm sure you've talked about it. I had heard rumblings in November about this potentially being the end of the Belichick era. In fact, you know, there was some speculation, maybe he even goes to the New York Giants and pursues an opportunity there. But, you know, because no one could really figure out what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. Why did you give him away for a second round pick? This makes no sense when you think about the strategy that the Patriots had in the offseason where they're getting offered multiple first round picks. Why did his his value dropped so much, and there's a feeling it was like Belichick saying "screw you" to the Kraft family by trading Jimmy Garoppolo for you know a sack of hammers. I mean, essentially, right, a second round pick. So you know, this may be the beginning of the end for the Patriots. It's a really well written story by Seth Wickersham, and clearly a franchise that's got a lot going on behind the scenes. We talked about this, and uh, the Patriots have been notoriously quiet about what exactly Bill Belichick makes and how many years he has left on his contract. But buried in that story is the fact that Brady's contract was set to be reexamined coming into the 2018 year as they decided kind of what made sense for the future of the franchise. Is it possible that Belichick is not under contract after this year and that he could walk and take over any job in the NFL that he wants? Uh, potentially. I, I would think that that's probably language in his contract that he could have negotiated. I don't even believe he has a traditional agent. I believe that he has a lawyer who handles this sort of thing. So it's always been a different thing for Belichick when it comes to the Patriots organization. And could he walk and take over someplace else? Yes. Does he want to take over someplace else? I mean, that's the other question. You're talking about having to restructure a coaching staff here if he were to go. You know, because, look, Dante Scarnecchia, he's like, what, 216 years old as the offensive line coach? I'm kidding. But, you know, Dante's a guy who, if he retired at the end of the season, nobody would be surprised, right? You have Matt Patricia as the front runner to get the head coaching job in Detroit. You're hearing Josh McDaniel's name associated with different teams, the Indianapolis Colts most notably, uh, as far as he goes. You know, Brian Flores, the def- uh, assistant defensive coordinator, the nickel, uh, the red zone guy, he's up defensively. He's up for the job in Arizona. So this may be the last rendition of the band, so to speak, and then everyone goes separate ways uh, at this point at the end of the season. Are you on the deck of an aircraft carrier with rockets taking off behind you there? No. Do you want to hear the real story here? Yes. This is so important for our listeners. So my my son, I have a three-year-old son, and he's got autism, and I have to, you know, he goes to a program every day. So the school bus is supposed to show up, but it's 27 degrees here in Gainesville, and, you know, not so good uh, when it comes to bus maintenance. So it's been 45 minutes now that we've been sitting in a car. I stepped outside hoping it was quieter, and instead it's actually (laughs) noisier. So if you hear my son in the background just using one word, sentences that is what you're going to be that is better i guess than the aircraft carrier you know what's funny is uh i i did i do my show uh from my house a lot uh for the afternoon show with facebook and periscope and my kids got madden uh 2018 for christmas and so my office is directly above the television <laughs> that they play madden on so if you go back and you listen to uh to my show a couple of days ago on the Facebook and the Periscope, the one they do in the afternoon, you can hear them screaming in the background at each other playing <laughs> playing Madden downstairs. And I actually started off the show by saying, hey, 
if you guys hear kids screaming in the background, trust me, nobody's being harmed. It's just my kids have got a brand new Madden game. They're obsessed with it, my fourth grader and my first grader, and they're playing against each other and yelling back and forth. And literally during that show, you can regularly hear them screaming at each other uh, during the course of that. So there's a lot of parents out there that uh, that have certainly been in, uh, been in situations like those before. By the way, 27 degrees in Gainesville? I mean, the, the, the entire city, are the, are the alligators freezing? Uh, and the, we, you know the iguanas fall out of the trees. In yeah, Miami I saw that. Be forty degrees and under. Yes, indeed, iguana popsicle going on. No, there, there's been widespread chaos here. They canceled school on Wednesday and Thursday because of you know a hard freeze. There was frost on the ground in the morning. There was frost on my windshield yesterday. I mean, it, it's a crazy. You know, it was a crazy time here, and especially to think you know just three four months ago we're getting hit by a hurricane, right? I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, to have that type of drastic weather change, you know, but no, nothing weird is happening environmentally in our world at all. You know, that, nothing. So do you think, if you were predicting right now, based on this story, this I, I think it's fair to call it a bombshell story. First of all, let's take a step back. You have written stories like this before. I have written stories where you talk to a lot of people and you're not necessarily quoting people. And I think people who have not written those stories or been involved in the process before, they read them and they're like, oh, there's nothing going on here. For you and I internally, when I read that, I'm like, yeah. man, this guy, this is Belichick's story effectively that's being told here, even though he's not being directly quoted. Do you agree with that interpretation of this story? And for people out there who are saying, oh, this is not a big story, this year's getting snowed under, there's no way anything in here is true, what would you say to those people? I think they're wrong, and I think what Seth Wickersham did better than anyone else has done is tie together all the pieces that were involved in what's going on with the New England Patriots this year, from Alex Guerrero, the trainer, who overstepped his bounds to his Svengali-like effect on Tom Brady, much like you with a Jason Martin, for example, the brainwashing <laughs> apparently that has gone on with, with you know Tom Brady. How you know it, when you quote a close friend as saying that that this guy changed Tom and that you've seen a change in personality and Tom Brady now thinking that you know what is it drinking water prevents sun you know prevents sunburn things like this and these outrageous claims that go on uh, you know that he's made and and you know so it's been interesting how Tom is now fancying himself as a fitness guru because of his success at the age of 40 in the NFL. And, you know, so you see how Brady has changed. You see Bill Belichick having overplayed his hand with the Kraft family. I mean, basically, Tom Brady, it looks like he's going to go out on his own terms. And if Tom wants to continue playing football, then Bill Belichick is going to be, and I don't want to say saddled with Tom Brady, but they're going to be hitched. And maybe that's an area that Belichick thinks we're going to be going down as far as offensive quality. He doesn't, by the way, have an offensive coordinator really waiting in the wings. It makes you say, wow, you know, this guy's ready to take over like he had with Josh McDaniels when Bill O'Brien left. So you're talking about, you know, looking ahead to the future. This really does explain what's going on there and how, look, think about the conflict, too, that happens when you have an agent who represents two people playing the yep. same position on the same team. And that showed up as well. Don Yee wasn't going to turn on Tom Brady so trying to negotiate Jimmy Garoppolo's deal to keep him in the fold for the long term. So you deal with that semantic as well. Play, it was a, a fascinating story. And again, double representation. I wonder, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden have the same guy. Weird how all that works. Yeah, I said earlier, I mean, I said I'm <laughs> rep by CAA, and uh, they represent everybody. So uh, there's definitely some incestuousness there. What right <laughs> now would you set, if you were setting percentage chances, if you were saying, okay, percentage-wise, what is the what are the chances that, that Bill Belichick does not return to the Patriots next year based on this story? 
Well, based on the story and based upon the things I'm hearing around the league, and I want to add that part to it as well, I'd say 50-50. I really do. And I think the question becomes, do they want to keep does, – does Belichick want to make try to make one more run with this? But if his staff is decimated, if he's just – you know, if he's worn out at the end of the season, and it's been a trying season for everyone in New England, if he's just burnt on this and doesn't want to deal with, with Brady and all the things that come with it, with Guerrero, et cetera, he can walk. And, you know, the thing is, maybe Bill walks for a year, and then he finds an owner that says, take over. You know, for, at that point, and you see, part of that is to think how about much. It. By the way, if, if let yeah. me cut, sorry to cut you off, if Gruden is worth ten million in an ownership stake, how much would Bill Belichick be worth on the open market in the NFL? Twenty million. Well, he's not he's not worth the ownership stake. I'll tell you, that's not happening now, with with him. I mean, that was dangled by the agents to try to up the price elsewhere, from what I understand. So okay. that that whole thing is is speculative. That that's not going to be happening. But John Gruden and, and Gruden has said that himself. He's going to make quite a bit of money. Um, but that being said, yeah, Belichick could be worth twenty million. You could see someone completely blow it out. If you've never won before, if you're Stephen Ross, for example, let's say the Miami Dolphins, and this guy's available, are you kidding? If you want to give him the keys to the kingdom and let him come in and build everything, I mean, that's you know that's totally understandable because he is a de facto head coach and general manager. And then if there's no Bill Belichick, what happens to Tom Brady? Does he want to stick around? Is he going to be able to work with the new coach? I mean, who? Do, what do you do there? Are you promoting? Josh McDaniels, or if you're Robert Kraft, are you looking just to go in a completely different direction because everyone who tries to imitate Bill Belichick and the way he does business fails? There is only one Bill Belichick. He disseminates information the way that he wants to get it out there, Clay. A lot of people in that building who were, you know, who have worked alongside him, who've gone on to be general managers, they don't know how he does his business. He just keeps it really quiet. So that's the situation with, with him. I really believe that this is maybe the beginning of the end of one of the NFL's great dynasties because of all the things that Seth Wickersham said. All right, let's go to actual on-the-field results and games. Let's go into the wild card Saturday. Let's start here, the earliest kickoff. Titans going on the road against the Chiefs. What do you see in this game? see some final games for members of the Tennessee Titans offensive coaching staff is what I see going on there. And, uh, you know, because I just think that, that this offense is just not, it's not there. And, you it's know, been no atrocious. Murray, yeah, it's terrible. And you just wonder, you know, what's the deal with, with Marcus Mariota being, you know, you know, his growth being stymied in his third NFL season. He just hasn't. And I understand the leg injuries and people can make these issues. Oh, well, he didn't have a full off season program because of his leg, but but let's be real here. He is not advancing at the rate that he did his first two seasons, and, I, and there's a feeling around that organization, from what I understand, that maybe a fresh voice as far as on the offensive side of the football is needed to try to advance him. You know, when you hear Delaney Walker say that sometimes you have to overcome the coaching, yes. I, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty pretty damning statement about the coaches that you have and, and the job they've done with Marcus Mariota. So, look, the defense is really good in Tennessee, as we know. They've been, had a great season, Jarrell Casey, Kevin Byard, and we know the Chiefs have a history of choking in the first round. I just don't see that happening. I think the Chiefs roll on, on Saturday. Okay, what about in the NFC? You've got the Falcons going on the road against the Chargers. Interesting storyline there. You have Steve Sarkeesian returning to the Coliseum to coach as the offensive coordinator for the Falcons in the same building where he was fired from as the USC coach. You've got a playoff game in L.A. for the first time, I think, since 1986, uh, featuring a local team there. What's the story there? Uh, Falcons-Rams, by the way. Falcons-Rams, not the Chargers. You almost got them uh, in the postseason. Yes. Almost got the Chargers in the postseason. Yeah, the Falcons going up against the Rams. 
Yes, and the Raiders' last team to play in the L.A. Coliseum in a playoff game in 1993, and all of that being put together is this. The Rams had the ability to rest their players. The Falcons have been hanging on, you know, by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin the entire time. And, look, a lot of, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, this offense has been clunky with him running it. It's just we've seen, what, one good game from the Atlanta Falcons, quite honestly. One game that makes you say, wow, this is what the Falcons should be looking like, like a Super Bowl team from last year. And that was all the way back in the first game that Dallas didn't have Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, how often did we really see the Falcons dominate a contest from start to finish? We didn't. So it's just not the same team, not the same chemistry, not the same results. None of that. I think the Rams win in this one. And, and listen, it's a dangerous, dangerous team. But we have we seen Jared Goff play in a cold-weather game. Well, no, not really. He never has before. So that's going to be a factor down the road once they get past the Falcons. Okay, what about in the uh, the other NFC game with the Panthers? Cam Newton is either the greatest thing on the face of the planet or the worst. The ceiling and the floor for this guy continues to be massive. And Drew Brees gets <laughs> to play inside the Dome uh, with the Saints. What do you see happening down in New Orleans? Clay, I'll share the stat with you. The Saints put up 65 points in two games against the Panthers. And, and by the way, an equitable 65 points in that they scored more than 30 points in each game this season. The Panthers only gave up 18.7 points in their other 14 games. Clearly, New Orleans has their number on the offensive side of the football with Boom and Zoom, the two running backs. And playing at the Dome is just a tough deal. And listen, the end of the Jerry Richardson era, I really believe, is upon us because I think the Saints complete the sweep. Uh, you know, the, even with the, the problems we're having on defense, and you're right about Cam, it's up, it's down, it's all over. But this was a team that was pretty prolific on offense up until the past two weeks of the season. Not sure why things have sputtered, quite honestly, over the past couple weeks. And they're not able to get that same mojo as when they were scoring a bunch of points. But, you know, the one thing I did want to talk to Shaq Thompson this week, the Panthers linebacker said, if we're going to win, we got to tackle. And that's the one thing that they've been stressing this week in Carolina. Got to do a better job stopping the ball carrier when you have the chance. Okay, and then the final of the wild card games, the Buffalo Bills get in against the Jaguars. By the way, we haven't even asked you about this. How unbelievable was the decision, before we even get there, for the, the Bengals to keep Marvin Lewis? Uh, <laughs> if, if that pass is not completed, if Andy Dalton doesn't complete that 4th and 12 for a touchdown to knock the Ravens out of the playoffs, is Marvin Lewis still the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, he really is. I'm not, and I'm joking when I tell you that. Mike Brown, 83 years old, his brother just passed away, and they were extremely close. I don't know. Mike's health isn't the greatest that it once was. You know, I don't think he wants another head coach. I think in his lifetime, he's going to ride with Marvin Lewis. Now, if Hugh Jackson were available, or they had a viable replacement plan for them, someone who understood their ways, someone who knew the way that Mike Brown wanted the team operating, that's one thing. But they didn't. So Marvin Lewis was in the right place at the right time. They did like the way the team responded over the past couple weeks. But I was told three weeks out after I was reporting that looks like Marvin Lewis is finally done. All the coaches are saying he's done. Everyone's looking for new jobs. Well, you know, Mike Brown didn't feel that way. And and you listen, it's a guy who's cutting off his nose to spite his face, right? I mean, you know, look, you're not going to sell tickets. You've infuriated your fan base even more, a fan base that didn't believe in you in the first place. Yet Mike Brown, if he's going to win, he's going to do it his way. That's essentially what you got. So that's why Marvin Lewis is back. And, of course, with the Ravens losing, the Buffalo Bills are in. By the way, why isn't anyone sending anything to David Sales' charity or the charity of Adam Gase? Because when you look at what the Dolphins did against the Bills, right, I mean, they basically handed them the win. 
you know, and the Bills <laughs> still almost fumbled it away. But you're playing David Thales. You bench the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win in Jay Cutler. You got Jarvis Landry getting ejected. You got Kenyon Drake throwing his helmet and getting ejected. I mean, the Dolphins did everything they could to lose that game. So I don't know why they're not, why Bills fans aren't helping the charities of those guys since the Dolphins made a nice contribution to the Bills in the postseason. That being said, no Shady McCoy, no shot. I mean, if they have Shady and, and he's, he's well enough to play, this could be one of those upset specials because Jacksonville's tailed off. They, they've lost two straight games. One week it's the defense, one week it's the offense. Buffalo has a legitimate chance of winning this game, but I just think no shady, no shot. Alex Marvez, thank you as always. We'll talk to you next week. It looks like I'm driving to the elementary school, Clay, just for the update. Yeah, good good luck there. Welcome to the always exciting world of parenthood. Uh, That's Alex Marvez. Go follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. Let me bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Clay was starting the NBA, just two games in the schedule, and one of them was a battle of the top two teams in the Western Conference. The Rockets, without star James Harden, lose at home to the Warriors 124-114. Now, Golden State didn't have Kevin Durant either due to injury, but they did have Steph Curry, who had 29 points, and Clay Thompson, who had 28 points, and Draymond Green, who had a triple-double. Golden State's now league-best 31-8 on the year. Thunder beat the Clippers in L.A. 127-117. Russell Westbrook with a triple-double for Oklahoma City, 29 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. In the NFL, Titans running back to Marco Murray out for Saturday's AFC wildcard game against the Chiefs due to a knee sprain. Bills running back LaShawn McCoy didn't practice Thursday due to an ankle injury. He believes he'll be able to go in the Bills AFC wildcard game against the Jaguars. This report brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And Clay, the father of injured Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier, said his son has feeling in his legs after having surgery for on his spine after that scary injury that he suffered in that game last month, Vernon Shazier, though wouldn't comment when asked if his son is able to walk, but Shazier apparently having progress, but slow progress. Well, that's great news uh, for anybody who's been paying attention to that story at all out of Pittsburgh. Um, And we are certainly paying attention to a story out of New England that is going to get a lot of attention today and all over. We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. If you haven't heard, a uh, what I would classify as a fairly uh, blockbuster story dropping uh, at ESPN, uh, Seth Wickersham out of uh, the Boston area, writing all about the internal dynamics and struggles between Tom Brady Bill Belichick, and Robert Kraft as the season comes to a close. The way that I'm reading it is almost like Bill Belichick saying goodbye to the New England Patriots. You just heard Alex Marvez say he would make it 50-50 whether Bill Belichick is going to return next year to the New England Patriots. Based on the way this story is written, I might make it even less likely than 50-50. It sounds to me like uh, Bill Belichick is saying goodbye. That story dropping about 1 a.m. Eastern this morning, uh, 10 a.m. on the 10 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll continue to unpack that a little bit, but maybe we'll, here's what we need. We need to liven up the show a little bit with some fun. I've heard that there are iguanas freezing to death and falling out of trees in Florida. That's got to be in the Animal Thunderdome. Let's see what we got. We'll do a little bit of Animal Thunderdome action here to finish Hour 2. Hour 3, we'll come back, reset uh, the wild card picture, and then we're going to go up to Boston and talk to Casey Smith about this story, this bombshell landing in the middle of the Patriots season. All that more still to come. Friday edition, Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Wouldn't you love a bigger tax refund? Tax Slayer was recently rated number one for maximum refund, so you have more cash to spend on whatever the heck you want. This tax season, go out and slay it. Max your refund at taxslayer.com. All right. 
We've spent most of the show, obviously, diving into the NFL wildcard weekend as well as the blockbuster story about potentially Bill Belichick being done in New England. If you read the tea leaves behind the story that broke last night, 1 a.m. Eastern on uh, ESPN.com, 10 a.m. Pacific. But story that always breaks, it's the Animal Thunderdome. Let's have some music, boys. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bullet constrictor stuck to my face. Sam, you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. You heard Alex Marvez kind of step on this story in advance. I saw this when I was like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. It's gotten so cold in Florida. We had an iguana falling out of trees story, I think, yesterday. But now iguanas in South Florida are freezing to death and falling out of trees as icicles. Is this a true story, Jason Martin? It is, but you didn't quite get it right there. First off, it's not new in the state of Florida. It also happened in 2008 and 2010. It's not exactly typical, but when South Florida gets cold, this happens. The iguanas, cold-blooded. And when the temperature falls below 40, their blood stops moving. Of course, we're in the midst of this huge winter storm that's hit the East Coast and knocked out flights and taken people down. But iguanas are falling out of trees because they're just unable to move. But this is the issue. They're not necessarily dead. There are a lot of experts down there saying, look, do not move these animals do not actually assume that they're dead because as they warm, they will thaw out and it takes a long time for iguanas to die. And then, this is just kind of an amazing aside, the uh, Miami zookeeper Ron McGill went on TV in 2010 to tell a story about these iguanas when they were falling out of trees seven years ago. A guy collected sleeping iguanas and he threw them into the back of his station wagon and then they all awoke. They start coming alive. They start crawling on his back and almost cause this guy to wreck. So these iguanas look like they're dead, What was but he doing not. with the iguanas in his station wagon? I have no idea why he was collecting sleeping iguanas. The story doesn't go into that much detail, but this is a quote from what people were hearing uh, this week and last week. Quote, this is from a Sentinel reporter down in, uh, down in Florida. Neighborhoods resounded with the thud of iguanas dropping from trees onto patios and pool decks. And there's actually a lot of photos here that I've seen of these iguanas, and they all look to just be laying on their back with their arms outstretched. It's not a flattering look (laughs) for these iguanas, (laughs) and these iguanas are not potentially dead. That's what's amazing about it is they're telling you to watch because, look, when they do thaw out, they're probably going to be angry, and they're going to try to defend themselves And that could be an ugly situation if you're going around looking for frozen iguanas. So this is an amazing story. I had no idea iguanas could freeze like this and that they could survive the frozenness and come back to life when they get warm enough. But could this be the cure-all in the Everglades for all? Does this happen for like anacondas and, you know, like massive snakes and uh, other animals that would otherwise not be living? I mean, in other words... Could a massive freeze kill off all these uh, animals that are living in the Everglades and in South Florida that aren't native to the area, right? And other, is it cold enough to kill the anacondas and the pythons? 
Uh, there was a Python part of this story. This is back in 2010. Many Pythons reported dead floating in the Everglades. So that is directly related to what you just said. The population suffered and then recovered. The iguana population suffered after the 2010 event as well because a lot of them died because they weren't able to thaw out. Like it, the, the temperature stayed so low for so long that they did start to die, and then the population has now recovered, and now these iguanas are falling out of trees. Do we know as well. what the what the temperature is in South Florida right now? I mean, because the, the fact that it was uh, Alex Marvez was just on with us and said it's twenty seven degrees in Gainesville, which is pretty wild. I mean, if you spend any time around Gainesville and in, in the North Florida area, I mean that is that's insanely cold. I mean, it's below freezing in North Florida. It doesn't happen that often. How cold is it getting in South Florida? South below Florida right now. Yeah. According to the Weather Channel, is 44. So wow. not that cold right now. No, that's, I mean, if you've ever been in Miami, 44 degrees in Miami is like minus 20 in Buffalo. I mean, it doesn't happen that often. 40, 44 is crazy in Miami. But the high is 64 today, okay. then drops to 50 tomorrow, 67, and then 70 on Sunday. So, so these recovering. iguanas are going to start waking up. Iguanas are going to wake up. I don't know how long it has to stay cold for them to all die. You know, it's funny. One of my good buddies lives in uh, – his family lived in Miami Beach, and they have a fireplace in the home. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, you have a fireplace. And they're like, yeah, sometimes it gets down to, like, 50 degrees, and we have to put on a fire. Uh, and, and I always thought that was crazy. In the old school, like, Miami Beach homes, um, a lot of them have fireplaces. And uh, I would have never believed that that was uh, ever going to happen. So these iguanas, um, can you warm them up yourself? It's telling they're you're being told not to do that because so you if don't you put do like that, they're going to wake up and they're going to yeah. not be happy with you at all. And then there's going to be iguana attack stories that we'll be reading next week. Wow. Uh, what else we got? Anything else in the Animal Thunderdome? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in Russia, a man said to be an animal keeper fell victim to a horrific attack in a private Moscow zoo as a panther ripped his throat open and escaped from its cage. The owner of the predator says he will not euthanize it. It took place in a village near Istra in Moscow. It happened on Tuesday, according to the Russian Investigative Committee. The man's body found with deep wounds in the cage where wild animals were being kept. It's a private businessman that owns this animal, has other has around 10 other predators in a private zoo. This sounds like a story from a movie to me, like the Moscow businessman that has a private zoo and people just get killed, a panther just ripping someone's throat out, it's not good. It apparently got away for several hours, and they were able to actually find it. But, yeah, throat being cut open, and it's an actual zookeeper that died, that's that's a tough that's, story. That's not good. You know, this kind of ties in. Did you, you? This guy says he reached out to you to try to get in touch with me, too. Somebody's yes, trying yeah, to invite he called me, me to first. Russia. Yeah, yeah, I've been invited to Russia, right? We need to get into yes. this at the start of the next, at the next hour. I have been invited to Russia to go watch the Vladimir Putin election. This is one of the... I, I get invited to ridiculous things uh, sometimes. This might be the most ridiculous email I have gotten. And at the top of it, it was like, this. I think they might try to kill me in Russia. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, who, who wants me dead? Because you get me to Russia. It's like when I went down to Costa Rica for the gambling conference, I really thought I might get fed to the crocodiles there. Uh, like in the movie Runner Runner, I think it was. like uh, This invite to Russia to go watch the election in Russia... I'm thinking that they might treat me just like this Panther. I got to talk about this with Jason Martin when we come back. We'll also uh, break down the NFL wildcard picture and recircle back around to the Tom Brady 
Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft drama, the big story dropping late last night here on Fox Sports. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I am Clay Travis. Appreciate you spending your Friday with us here on Outkick, the coverage as we get you ready for Wild Card Weekend and also prepare you for Monday's uh, college football national title game. We'll be in Atlanta here with Outkick, the coverage on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, A big story that broke last night about 1 a.m. on the East Coast, 10 a.m. on the West Coast, a major feature which will be the primary topic of discussion, I would imagine, in sporting circles today, diving into the internal dynamics of the New England Patriots Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, and exactly what took place surrounding the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, all of the drama about the uh, the trainer of the New England Patriots uh, that is affiliated, or I should say, Tom Brady's trainer and his relationship with the New England Patriots. Basically a power struggle. And in reading this story, to me, the biggest takeaway is that Bill Belichick, I think, is likely to be leaving New England at the end of this year. Now, that's going to surprise some people out there uh, who are starting off their day listening to us. I would encourage you to go read the story. To me, reading that story, Bill Belichick is one of the primary sources, and it is effectively Bill Belichick's story. And let me kind of run through some of the allegations made or the details shared in this story. One, that Belichick believed that Jimmy Garoppolo was the future of the New England Patriots franchise. Not a big surprise there. That he was instructed by Robert Kraft to trade Jimmy Garoppolo before the trade deadline. That then, instead of the 49ers reaching out to the Patriots, that Belichick texted uh, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, and basically said, hey, do you want Jimmy Garoppolo? And the reason why Belichick did that was because of a good relationship with the Shanahans based on Kyle's dad, Mike, helping to defend him over the years for some of the controversies that have arisen over the Patriots. Um, A lot of details in there about how that trade went down. The fact that Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo have the same agent and that Garoppolo had turned down a four-year deal averaging out around $17 or $18 million a year because... Uh, he just didn't want to take that as an offer. And there was the idea that it could also increase in value if he were the guy to replace Tom Brady. Um, Also reports that uh, effectively Belichick is involved in helping to make sure that his assistant coaches, that they land somewhere where they're going to fit well, that he's helping them with prepping for their interviews and everything else in a very non-Belichickian fashion. To me, this means that when I read this, that right now Bill Belichick is planning on leaving the Patriots. Now, a couple of interesting angles out there. There is no that we know of ever been any public uh, discussion of what Bill Belichick's contract status is. That is, the Patriots have always kept that very tight to the vest, and so there's never been any public knowledge of how many years are left on his contract, when his contract expires. It's possible that because everything was being set up effectively when it comes to the Patriots' relationship with Tom Brady, that Bill Belichick's contract was set to expire at the end of this season, much like Brady's contract was set to be examined at the end of this year to figure out if he was going to be the guy going forward 
in the years ahead with the New England Patriots. That in and of itself means that potentially Belichick could leave and be a coaching free agent and be able to be signed by anyone, which would be a pretty wild story in and of itself. Lots of discussion about John Gruden and what his value is on the open market. Can you imagine how much one owner, a rich owner, might pay for Bill Belichick to effectively be the coach and GM of his franchise? Uh, I, I can't even imagine what Belichick would be worth on the open market. I wouldn't stun me if somebody were willing to pay him 15 or $20 million a year to be a head coach. Now, maybe Belichick doesn't want to be a head coach anymore. Maybe he's going to sit out for a year. Who knows exactly what might happen, but the way this story was written, to me, it sounds like Belichick is the primary source, one of the primary sources of this uh, internal story. And if that is, in fact, true, that Belichick's tenure with the Patriots could finally be coming to a close. And what does that mean for Brady going ahead? Who knows? Who knows who the coach of the Patriots would be? If Belichick leaves, then I think it's pretty fair to say that he believes that Brady has begun a fairly substantial descent and may not have as many years as the top quarterback left as the most uh, diehard Tom Brady fans would want to believe. We'll talk with Casey Smith about this story out of Boston. KYC Smith, as we do on Fridays, perfect timing for her. We will talk with her in the next segment. In the meantime, we also have NFL Wild Card Weekend advancing, and there are four games that are taking place. Titans, Chiefs, Falcons, Rams, Bills, Jags, and Panthers, Saints. If I were to rank those games on the overall quality scale of what I believe of those games, I think the best game of the weekend by far. So if you're out there Saturday and Sunday and you're like, man, I don't have time to watch all four of these games, I'll tell you exactly how they'll rank and I'll also tell you right now exactly how you should be betting on all four of these games. Falcons-Rams is going to be the best game of the weekend. Falcons-Rams, if I were only going to watch one wild card game this weekend, Matt Ryan going on the road, Steve Sarkeesian going back into the Coliseum, the Rams with a couple of weeks to get ready for Sean McVay, I think this could be a really exciting, high-scoring game. Best game to watch of the wild card weekend is Falcons-Rams, and you should take the Falcons plus six. Would not shock me if the Falcons win this game, but I certainly love them right now. The latest number, Falcons plus six. I love the Falcons plus six. Second best game of the weekend, Panthers-Saints. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Cam Newton. There's no quarterback in the NFL right now who is a good quarterback that is more up and down than Cam Newton. It shouldn't happen this far into his career that he can go out and he can still have an A-plus game, but he can also still have an F game. At this point in time, Cam Newton should have set up his consistency such that he may not have an A-plus game, but he should never be below a C if you were grading him on a letter grade. Instead, Cam Newton still, this many years into his tenure with the Panthers, can go out and put up an A-plus game and beat anybody in the NFL, or he can go out and put up an F game, and I think that that's why you have to bet here on the Saints. I just feel like what's going on with the Saints offense, even though they weren't great last week against the against certainly the uh, the Bucks, and even though two or three weeks ago they weren't very good against the Jets, I like the Saints to cover to win fairly big in a really entertaining game. Uh, between the Panthers and the Saints. I think the Saints win by 10. I think the score in this game is something like 41-31. to Third best game. Third best game, Titans-Chiefs. 
I don't have any faith at all in the Titans to win this game. The line now out to around eight and a half or nine the Chiefs are favored by. But I will say this. Mariota basically in that game against Jacksonville, I think you've got a revolt going on internally in that offense. They have no faith in the offensive staff, coaching staff, in the Titans building. And I think Marcus Mariota may be close to just staging his own coup in that he just says, guess what, guys? We're running the plays I want to run in this game. I'm going to run outside the pocket. I'm going to make plays. I don't know that it's going to work out well because I think that the Chiefs are going to be so much better uh, prepared. I think the Titans' defense is going to get exploited. But I think it's possible. I think it's possible that Marcus Mariota has a great game and runs the football. Because this coaching staff has not wanted Marcus Mariota to make many plays outside of the pocket. They've begged him to stay in the pocket and throw because they were worried about him getting hurt because they're worried about him fumbling. Now that you're in the playoffs, I think all bets are off and I think it's possible that Marcus Mariota goes out and has an electric game. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible. So to me, Titans-Chiefs is the third best playoff game, the worst playoff game by far. And I feel bad saying it because Bills fans have waited so long to get there. Is Bills Jags Bortles in his last two games has thrown five interceptions. He's regressed to the point where he is typical Blake Bortles. The Jags uh, and and everything that is going on with the Jags. I have no faith. Lashawn McCoy obviously has an injury, and when you look at what's happened with the Bills this year, I just don't believe in Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor versus Blake Bortles is as bad of a quarterback matchup as we have had in a very long time in the playoffs. I think ultimately the Jags are going to win. I think they win by a touchdown or more, but I think it's a really ugly game, and I don't have a lot of confidence in this one being enjoyable to watch at all if you are anyone other than a Bills or a Jags fan. So that is my breakdown of all four of those games. If you want to know my gambling picks, I'm going to go with these four, all right? I'm going... Uh, Falcons plus six. I'm going the Saints to cover against the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Chiefs ultimately to win by double digits. I just don't feel confident in the Titans offense at all. So I'm going Chiefs by double digits in that game. And in the final game, I'm also going by the Jags to cover against the Bills just because I don't believe at all in the Bills. Those are my four picks. Get rich, kids. All four of the wild card games there broken down a little bit. We're going to come back here momentarily, be joined by Casey Smith, and reconsider everything surrounding this New England Patriots story that broke, like I said last night, about 1 a.m. Eastern. It's going to be the talk of the day. What is going on internally with the dynamics there? But first, I want to bring in Jason Martin and hit on what I said I was talking about earlier. Did you believe that? Can you believe that I've been invited to Russia to watch the election? results strangest phone call i've taken in a long time so explain Uh, what happened there and by the way how is it that i don't hear from you when you get a phone call about me being invited to a russian election i get an email where it says that some guy has talked to you how is your first call not immediately as soon as you get a phone call about me being invited to russia to uh, to watch the election results not to me i mean I, i i feel like this is an attempt potentially to kill me well, it may well be, but the How did this situation. Happen? All right, I'm sitting in my, I'm, I'm walking on a treadmill, and all of a sudden my phone hits, and I'm just like, okay, this is odd. I usually don't get calls this early in the morning. It was like, I don't know, within 30 minutes of the show being over, and 
it's this guy on the end that's an attorney here in town where he says he is. That's really why I didn't bring it to you immediately. It's why I didn't give him your number immediately. I said, hey, contact him via email. I'll yeah. let him know that you're going to be sending an email, which How I didn't How did he get your yet. number? Uh, he said he got it through some source. I was just like, okay. I mean, I, 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 that was the thing. It sort of worried me because his request and what he was talking about, he goes, this is going to be unusual. Yeah. And then, yes, it was definitely unusual, you potentially being an impartial observer along with neutral observers from many different countries to the Russian presidential election, you going to Moscow, being put up in a hotel, whole nine here coming up in a couple of months. And I just listened to him lay this out, and he continually referred to you as Mr. Travis. Never called you Clay. He called you Mr. Travis every single time. And, you know, I was just trying to get a read on this guy because obviously I hadn't vetted him. I didn't know him from Adam. I'd never heard heard his name So for people out there listening, I have been invited to go to Russia to watch the election in Russia. Yes, to observe the election, I, I it boggled me. You know, I told him, I said, you know, this is definitely something that would what? be up his alley. So, I, why so do you I think did. that I'm so beloved by Russia? Because I didn't talk about this, but recently, Russia people, Russian uh, news agency, also wanted to have me on to talk uh, just about politics in general, like a Russian, like they were, and and I was like, I can't do it because I was like, I I can't get to a studio to do the hit. Uh, for the television network, but somehow I've I've become beloved in Russia of late. Well, I think it's because people associate you close to our president. I'm not suggesting you that you voted for him because you didn't, but I believe that the truth of the matter is most people, especially those that would consider themselves critics of yours, believe that you are very, very similar to Trump. And, of course, Trump's relationship with Putin has been well discussed so you for, think Russia is, the election. Is, is currying favor with me because they think that I'm friends with Trump? Well, see, I don't know whether or not Russia has anything to do with it because this guy told me he he was he and this committee of people, I don't know who this, this, this star chamber that's going to send you to Moscow would be, basically suggesting that they would submit your name and yeah. try to get you credential for this deal. Like, I don't know exactly how this whole deal works. I'm not up on my russian politics for neutral observers yes but like i said i told him to email you and i said i was going to let you know i didn't know how fast he was going to email you first of all but i just didn't know what to make of this and him getting my number and then just kind of it was just strange it was just really really strange now if it's legit i I can't even describe how ridiculous it would be for you to go to moscow and watch this happen now i would like to go to moscow and watch the election results come in of course. Just because it would be an incredible thing to write about and also just the sheer idea that i'm being invited to moscow to watch the election results come in is is a ridiculous story in and of itself the challenge here is same weekend as ncaa tournament yeah he mentioned and, that he mentioned that he yeah. goes you know it's the same weekend as march madness i was like yeah he is a gambling degenerate well so i think i'm already be a possibility i think i'm vegas, already right? booked yeah to speak in at, at a couple of different events in las vegas over uh, ncaa tournament weekend uh, opening weekend which is obviously in las vegas like the greatest weekend of the year in las vegas um and uh, so i don't think i'm going to be able to do it but this is up there I, I think this is maybe number one on the list and there's been a lot like there's been a lot of wacky uh, uh offers that have come in over the years uh and certainly growing more prominent as the show and and outkick is becoming more prominent but i would have never predicted that i would be invited to russia to watch the election results come in uh yeah me either uh, like i said just listening to that i was just kind of listening to it just kind of dumbfounded i didn't say much during that conversation i let this guy lay the whole thing out it's just like yeah clay going to moscow to watch the uh, presidential election that sounds about right Maybe we can get Vladimir <laughs> really Putin. Did. Maybe we can get Vladimir Putin on the show too. 
you know, we're trying to get Trump on the show, but maybe we can get Putin. Maybe we can maybe we can go ahead and solve this whole thing right now. Ask Putin to stop uh, involving himself in the the, uh, the presidential election in America. Get Trump the collusion thing. We can just put it all to rest on Outkick one morning. Just have both these guys on talk about it. You know, there's a Patriots connection here too because wasn't Putin accused of stealing uh, Robert Kraft? So uh, the uh, oh yeah, the, that's the right, title the ring. Super Bowl ring. Yeah, everything yeah, comes you're together. Right. All right, so up next, Casey Smith, uh, live from Boston. We'll find out how this uh, story is landing in the New England region, and uh, we'll break down the uh, wild card weekend with uh, her as well. Up next, Casey Smith, I'm Clay Travis, and this is Outkick, the coverage. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in now Casey Smith. She is in the center of what may be a massive storm, I think. I don't know exactly what's happened in terms of how much snow has fallen in Boston, but I do know it's wild up there. And if that were not wild enough, at 1 a.m. Eastern, we had a massive story drop about internal dynamics and issues among the Patriots uh, on ESPN.com. A story that deals with uh, with Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, with Bill Belichick, with Tom Brady, with the trade of Garoppolo, the uh, the the rise of the uh, the trainer there. How much? First of all, let's start with the weather. All right, before we go to anything else, how much snow has fallen? Are you presently alive? Can you open your door? <laughs> um, I am alive. I've never seen anything like this. So they called it a bomb cyclone, which. Nobody had ever heard of, so clearly I had never heard of it either coming from the south. But basically, it was a frozen hurricane. I mean, that's not even an over-exaggeration. Like, near the seaport and near the ocean, like, it was all the water was coming over and freezing on top of, like, cyclones of snow and wind. It's completely asinine. And no, I cannot open my back door on my patio, but, of course, there's nice people shoveling for me at my apartment complex. So I can't actually get out, but it's insane. I've never seen anything like it. So how much snow has actually fallen? So we were supposed to get between 12 and 15 inches yesterday, and I don't know the exact measurement now because the wind was so crazy, so it makes it look like there's a whole bunch more piled up everywhere. But people were saying that this is the worst thing they've seen in 40 to 50 years because of what was happening near the ocean. So I'm just acting completely ignorant because I have no idea what to do. But there are cars underneath snow right now and frozen from ocean water. So I'm just trying to stay inside and drink a lot because I have no idea how to handle this. Yeah, join the club. All right, and as if that were not wild enough, there also has been a major story drop. Had you heard talk much in Boston about this drama surrounding the uh, the Brady and Belichick relationship? Absolutely, and this has been one of those things, especially with the Alex Guerrero d- dynamic, that we've been talking a lot this season because once Alex Guerrero was no longer able to be a part of the team in the capacity he was, whether it wasn't on the sidelines, whether it wasn't permitted to be inside Gillette. The the question started rising, how bad has this gotten inside? And who is more to blame? Is it more Guerrero? Is it more Brady? Or is it more Belichick? And so last night when we started seeing the rumors hitting that ESPN was going to release this story, the conversation came up, how bad is the internal rift inside of Gillette right now? And of course, the feeling in New England, at least last night before the, sh- the story hit, because we were off air by midnight, by a lot of people watching the show was, well, this is an ESPN slam piece. This is a witch hunt. They're going to just try to find something to hit the Patriots with. But and a lot of times when you look at stuff like this, there is a smoking gun. Now, I have no idea how bad it actually is. I'm not in those conversations. We all know Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft keep everything very close to the vest. But I think this Jimmy Garoppolo thing, 
wasn't handled the way Bill Belichick wanted, and I think there is a lot of tension going on. So it'll be interesting to see the impact. However, my own personal opinion is that I think that there's more drama in the story than will play out maybe this year, but maybe there is an indication that's not going to end near as well for these three guys in Foxborough like they hoped. If Patriot fans had to choose between keeping Bill Belichick or keeping Tom Brady next year, who do you think Patriot fans would vote to keep? I think that's really difficult. I think that the, my immediate reaction would be to say Tom Brady just because Tom Brady is the greatest of all time at quarterback. But the whole question, Clay, and I mean, it's been happening for decades since they started this, this you know, whole dynasty is, is the chicken and the egg. Who has been more responsible for this dynasty? And that's you know, part of the thing that hit last night and that's in this story is if there is an actual problem with who sees more entitlement to this dynasty. I happen to think that they're equally important to each other. I think that Tom Brady's not a system quarterback. I think he is the system in Foxborough, but I think that they're a great pair. But I think if people had to pick, I would say Tom Brady, but I don't know because now all this Alex Guerrero stuff has started to come out and how ugly it might have gotten, and he is 40 years old. He's eventually going to have to stop playing football. I know he doesn't want to admit that, and nobody wants to admit that, but eventually he's not going to be able to. So maybe people look at it and say, well, Bill doesn't have to retire anytime soon. So it's very interesting to see that there might be people having to choose eventually at the end of this. Yeah, it, it is a uh, an intriguing angle there to try to figure out how much trepidation or nervousness is there in New England over the success that Jimmy Garoppolo immediately had. In other words, we might have been trending in New England towards a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers type situation where you have a great NFL Hall of Fame quarterback who is eventually going to have to give up his career because he ages out of it. And then you have somebody else who also might be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think it's fair to say that it's rare, but that the Packers managed to go from one Hall of Fame quarterback in Brett Favre directly to another Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. It's very early in in Jimmy Garoppolo's career, but I think there are signs that he can be not just a good, but potentially a great quarterback himself. Obviously, Tom Brady is maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. How do you manage that transition, and are there people in New England who are nervous? Because you might say, okay, Brady's got two more years or something, but then things are going to go awry because it's really difficult. Look at what happened, let's say, with the Miami Dolphins, another AFC East team who tried to replace a legend who had been there for basically a generation at quarterback in Dan Marino and has never been able to do it. You can go from the penthouse to the outhouse in a hurry in the NFL if you don't have a very good quarterback. Yeah, there's no question, and especially when the reports are coming out now, and Albert Breer with Sports Illustrated was on with us last night, that he spoke with John Lynch earlier this offseason, and that at the time that they said that when they acquired about Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, that Bill Belichick and the Patriots said, absolutely not, don't even call us, don't even ask any questions, there's no way that we're trading him. And then when the trade actually did happen, the people were surprised at how fast it happened. I mean, it was reported that it happened within 45 minutes, and they only had to give up one second-round pick. So when that happened, the question became, okay, who actually made this decision and why? Because you hear Bill Belichick's press conference afterwards, you can hear his tone. He didn't want to trade Bill, or he didn't want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Then there's getting confirmation that Bill Belichick really wanted to keep him and just see how long they could hold on to him before having to use the franchise tag. But if you look at when they drafted him in 2014, Clay, he mentioned Tom Brady's age. He mentioned Tom Brady's contract status, and he went on record to do so. So it's not crazy to sit back and think, okay, Bill thought 
this was the heir apparent to the greatest of all time. And, of course, the best situation would have been Tom Brady decides, you know what, I've done everything I can do. I'm going to retire. You know, maybe Giselle plays something into it and says, you know, hey, I just want you to come home and be a husband and a father. And then Jimmy Garoppolo takes the reins. But we know that that's, the ego is probably going to play into that. And Alex Guerrero has played a massive part in that as well because Tom Brady is playing completely unprecedented at his age. So I think the Jimmy Garoppolo situation has exacerbated this because I believe, my personal belief, is that Bill Belichick wanted to keep him and wanted to win a Super Bowl maybe without Tom Brady in the future. And now there's not a quarterback on the roster that could do that. And the fact that Jimmy had the success in San Francisco, even though it was only five games, people are looking at it and say, okay, this kid was really good and he's proving that he maybe could have taken over the reins here in New England. We don't know who the Patriots are going to play in the divisional round of the playoffs yet. We know that game will take place in Foxborough. What is the likelihood and or potential impact from this story now that the playoffs are underway? Will this impact things in any way? I don't think that it will this season. I honestly, like, again, I know that there's a lot of things that are in there that there is smoke right now and there's going to be a lot of conversations had. But it feels like to me, just being around at the time that I have, is that the Patriots are probably going to put this behind them. They're probably going to dismiss it a little bit uh, in the media, even though behind closed doors, I'm sure there's a lot more heated conversations. But look, they're primed right now to make it back to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that it's going to be an easy pass because this team is not the team we potentially thought they were. They are the best team in the NFL right now, especially with the Carson Wentz injury. So I think that it'll be put to the side. They'll go on to win another Super Bowl potentially, and then maybe – it could happen. I just have a really hard time believing, Clay, that Bill Belichick is going to leave. Now, I could be completely wrong, and I could be proven wrong. We know Robert Kraft is going to be there. We know Tom Brady is probably going to be there. And I just don't think that Bill Belichick is going to pack it up after maybe winning another Super Bowl and saying, okay, I'm out. This has gotten too bad. So maybe there's a big impact. I just tend to believe that maybe cooler heads will prevail. They'll go on. They'll try to win another one and see what happens in the offseason. Over, under, one and a half number of years that Tom Brady will remain the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, not counting this year. Next year would be one. The year after would be two. If I told you over under one and a half, how many more years does Brady have? I think it'll be the over. And I think that because the Jimmy Garoppolo trade happened, that that proves that how Tom Brady feels that he can play long. Because in the, the ESPN article, you read that there was a lot of conversations between Tom Brady and Robert Kraft about how much longer he wanted to play and while we know Bill Belichick can emotionally detach himself from players, he's done it throughout his entire time here in New England, I think Tom Brady trumps that. And I think as long as Tom Brady wants to play, I think Robert Kraft is going to allow that to happen. And I think that might potentially be the end of the party. But I think he's going to try to play for as many more years as possible. And if he continues to play the way he is, it's going to be difficult to say, okay, Tom, you've got to move on. So I'm going to take the over on that. Who do you think the Patriots would like to play against? If the Chiefs win, if the seating held true and the Chiefs win and the Jags win, then the Chiefs would return to Foxborough, a place where they won to begin the season, and they would play in the divisional round. If we get some upsets, obviously you could get uh, another team. Do you think there's any nervousness at all about playing Kansas City from the Patriots given how the season began with Kansas City coming into Foxborough and winning? I don't think that the, internally there would be any, you know, fear of that. And again, they're not. Even if there was, they would never come out and say it because they've, you know, fine-tuned the media art to a T. But I think outside of it, I know that fans definitely don't want to see Kansas City. If you have to take the the group that could potentially be coming into Foxborough for the divisional round, I think that's the most uh, fearsome one, just because they came in and did it at the beginning of the season. 
And we talked about at the beginning of this season, everybody did, was that this team was potentially going to be undefeated, which I thought was ridiculous at the time because it's so hard to do. But the fact that they were able to come in, not just win, I mean, they handily won. So they've got the confidence they can come into Gillette and do so. Uh, I think they're a different team. I think the Patriots are clearly a different team than they were at the beginning of the season. But that would probably be the one I would want to steer clear the most of for the divisional round. If they could have their pick, it'd be the Buffalo Bills, right? I mean, that's the obvious pick of who they would want to play. When do the Patriots have another media availability? Do you know? Because I can't wait to watch that Bill Belichick press conference in the wake of this story. Do they talk the rest of this week, or is it not till next week when they get ready for the divisional round? So we were discussing that last night. I, they, they don't. You, they probably won't talk until next week, but there was kind of just some discussion if maybe there would be some sort of media release today. But I, I don't know. I mean, I would assume that they're going to want to get out in front of this. And last night on Twitter, when a lot of these things started coming out, and one of those being that Tom Brady potentially had a hand in the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Like, he went and requested it, and that was apparently turned down and say that was false. All of these things start thinking, okay, did the Patriots try to get out in front of this? Did they try to get out in front of the Seth Wickersham story to try to put out their own agenda? Now, we have no idea, but my guess is, is from a media standpoint, they're going to want to come out and say something, but I highly doubt Tom Brady or Bill Belichick talk today, but I could be completely surprised because – it is a big story, and it could be potentially a bombshell story if a lot of these things are true. But uh, then again, they, they keep everything pretty close to the vest, so I wouldn't expect a lot of talking until next week. Good stuff, as always. Casey Smith, good luck surviving, surviving that <laughs> weather, and we will talk to you next week, and the Patriots uh, will have a, an opponent certainly in place by then. Thanks so much, Clay. That's Casey Smith. Go follow her on Twitter, K-A-Y-C-E Smith, coming in to talk about this latest drama. Um, this is a good email from, uh, let's see, a uh, St. Louis area lawyer. Peter uh, writes in, I'm not on social media. I've been trying to call into your show. Uh, we haven't taken any calls. But he's got a good, uh, he's got a good email here. I'm reading this. Uh, I have a public email address. It's claytravis at gmail.com. Uh, you usually have an outstanding nose for the truth. But on the Patriot story, I think you're missing an obvious source. To paraphrase the dude, your thinking on this case has become way too uptight. Belichick would never be the source as much as he hates the media, who has the greatest motive to make Tom Brady look petty, vindictive, and self-centered. When did we begin hearing rumblings about a rift inside the Patriots organization? All signs point to Jimmy Garoppolo's camp as the source of this story. Jimmy G was the loyal soldier who thought he was going to take over a team that had a good chance to win more Super Bowls but Brady stabbed him in the back and got him traded. This has many similarities to the Aaron Rodgers-Brett Favre power struggle. Uh, that is a pretty good argument. Pretty good argument there. We'll talk about that idea, and we'll continue to unpack all of these stories and more. But first, let me bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. All right, Clay. Well, we had two games in the NBA. One of them was a battle of the top two teams in the Western Conference. No James Harden for Houston. No Kevin Durant for Golden State. In the end, the Warriors beat the Rockets on the road 124-114. to 114. Steph Curry, 29 points. Clay Thompson, 28 points. Draymond Green, a triple-double as Golden State improves to a league-best 31-8 and on the season. Thunder go to L.A., beat the Clippers 127-117. Russell Westbrook, the reigning league MVP, had a triple-double for Oklahoma City, 29 points, 12 rebounds, and 11 assists. In the NFL, Tennessee Titans running back DeMarco Murray has been ruled out for Saturday's AFC wildcard playoff game against the Chiefs due to a knee sprain. Bills running back LaShawn McCoy did not practice on Thursday due to an ankle injury but he believes he'll be ready to go against the Jaguars in the AFC wildcard game. That's on Sunday. And Clay, maybe you would have had time to talk to Casey about this story if it wasn't for the Belichick and Brady 
news. But uh, we know Isaiah Thomas, of course, traded from the Celtics to the Cavaliers, didn't play the other day against Boston. Now, he may play February the 11th when the Cavaliers return to Boston, but apparently Paul Pierce doesn't want uh, Isaiah Thomas to get his tribute that night. Paul Pierce is having his jersey number retired that night, and he's publicly said that he doesn't want Isaiah Thomas to get a video tribute on his night. I can't think of a story that I could less care about than what Paul Pierce wants in a a Celtics game in February. Good Lord. Uh, NBA drama, it never stops. Uh, And also what never stops, you should be using TrueCar because you can easily find the car you want. I've been talking about this week, I'm in the car market and I've been using it. With TruePrice from TrueCar, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online. Getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership. TruePrice includes all dealer fees and accessories. TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the car you want. Now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident, and your certified dealers know this as well. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There are over 15,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide, and True Car users save on average three grand off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Up next, Patriot Breakdown on OutKick, the coverage. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Final segment of the week. Thanks for hanging out with us all week long here on Outkick the Coverage. Reminder that we will be down in Atlanta on Monday and Tuesday doing live shows surrounding the Alabama-Georgia game. I think I've also said this too, but we'll be up in Minnesota for a week during the Super Bowl. So uh, we'll be at both of the big uh, end-of-the-year college football and NFL festivities. So I hope that some of those con- some of those uh, shows are open to the public. If you're interested in the Atlanta area or you're traveling in for the Georgia Alabama game, follow me on Twitter at Clay Travis, and I'll let you guys know whether that venue is going to be open. We won't really know until we get down to Atlanta whether they're going to have it public. Uh, we'll be at the main media hotel there. Sometimes that stuff is public. Other times they put us behind security doors. So I don't know whether you'll be able to come by and see us broadcasting the show, but we will be there. Uh, good email that I just read uh, in the last segment arguing that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo's camp is the primary source for this article. Uh, I could re- I could read that, certainly, um, as a possibility, but I think that Brady uh, was not – Brady does not come off well – I think of the Patriot Big Three, this story drastically favors Bill Belichick. And usually when a story favors you, it's you who is the one talking to the writer. That's just my theory in general, uh, that, uh, that that is the impact. I've got a poll question up. Almost, almost a thousand of you have already voted. I want to get the crew's opinion on this as well. If you could only keep Tom Brady or Bill Belichick for the next three years, Who's your pick? I think it's a tough call for the next three years because we just asked Casey Smith, you know, how many years do you think that Brady has left? He might be the MVP this year. I think it's fair to say he's certainly coming back next year, maybe the year after. Is the year after that a bridge too far? Maybe uh, because the poll question results so far, let's see, 1,300 of you have immediately voted. You can vote in this if you want to by finding me on Twitter at Clay Travis, 
and these poll results kind of astound me, so I'm not going to tell you what the result is beforehand. My thought is probably Brady, honestly, even if it's three years, because next year I think the Patriots will be good enough to contend for a championship. I think they'd be good enough the next year potentially after that too as well. I think in year three they're probably not very good. I don't think Brady has that much left, and certainly he could get hurt. But I think if you have a quarterback who's good enough to win a Super Bowl, and there's no doubt Tom Brady is, I'm always on the side of being on the quarterback side over being on the coach's side, even when we're talking about maybe the greatest NFL coach of all time. So I would go Brady, I think, on the next three years. Two years, I think, is even an easier call. I go Brady. What do you do, Jason Martin? I go the opposite way. I go with the coach. I look at some of the close victories this season for the New England Patriots, and one of the key things that sometimes gets overlooked, the reason we all point back to fourth and two with Belichick on Sunday night against the Colts where he made a bad decision is because it's so rare that he makes a bad decision. When you look at what happened to the Steelers, not on the Janes play, but on what happened next when you saw Roethlisberger throw the interception, what was the major thing that happened there? The Patriots were ready to play. They're always ready to play. I've looked at Tom Brady and seen an inconsistent guy this year. It's not that I don't think he can win games and that he is winning games, and maybe he's still winning games in three years. But I want the mind of Bill Belichick more than I want the questionable physical skills at this point in his life of Tom Brady if I had to choose between the two. And look, that's a decision that would be, you know, it's a blessing that you would have to decide because that means you would have at least had those guys for a long period of time. But I would take Bill Belichick right now. What about you guys in L.A.? Yeah, I would also go with the coach, but for a different reason. I, because I think when a quarterback's career is winding down, it could come to a close so quickly. You look at Peyton Manning, he went from 90 miles per hour down to 10 drastically, and you don't know when it's going to happen. So Brady, that that could suddenly come about next season, whereas you, you would think that Bel- Belichick can coach strong for another five, six years. Okay, what about you, Justin? I got to agree with uh, Danny G and Jason. I got to stick with Belichick just because you would hope, even if you're only going to get him for the next three years, that he'd do such good work that he'd be setting you up for longer than that. What if I said two years or one year? Does it change any of your answers? One one year. Not mine. I, one year, I might I might say Brady. One All year, right. I, yeah. Okay, one year might change it. Two years, I'm taking the coach. All right, so this I'm kind of stunned by this. 3,000 of you have voted already. And it's not even close. I'm the only guy who would make the the Brady argument. 77% of the voters, if you had to choose between keeping Tom Brady or Bill Belichick for the next three years, 77% are going with Bill Belichick. Uh, And that is from 3,000 voters in the five minutes since I put this poll question up, which is, to me, I mean, I I thought this was going to be somewhat even. Um, so, uh, Belichick, maybe three years is too long. Maybe I should have gone two, um, and, uh, and, and shortened it up a little bit, but I would still go Brady. That's, uh, that's wild to me. Clay, we got Uh, got got something we got to talk. Hang on. We got something we got to talk about here. I know we're getting near the end of the show. Last year, you made a bet and said that if Tyrod Taylor could win a playoff game, that you would run through downtown Nashville, either in a thong or naked. I can't remember. It wasn't naked. I'm not going to get arrested. It was All right, a, so I think uh, it was a thong. Yeah. I want to say it was a thong. Are you willing to 
be Hugh Jackson and still jump into Lake Erie, even though it's the Jaguars <laughs> that Tyrod Taylor is playing. That was that was a great uh, line. I will run in like uh, I don't know if I'll go thong because I don't know what thong would would work, but and I don't want to get arrested for like public uh, public indecency. I will run in like a uh, speedo. I mean, is that an appropriate modification? <laughs> All right, who's coming I'll with take it. me? I will run. <laughs> I will run the length of Broadway. Uh, in downtown Nashville, in a speedo, only a speedo, you know, like in tennis shoes. I'm not going to run barefoot. Uh, if uh, if Bill Bell, if if Tyrod Taylor wins on the road against the Jags, yes, I said if Tyrod Taylor ever wins a super, uh, a playoff game in Buffalo. So if that happens, that then I will uh, fulfill my bet. Look forward to that. This is how I'll kick the coverage. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 